Hello and welcome to the Outer Twilight podcast as Mike and I continue our look back at 2022 and uh, looking forward a little bit into 2023. Uh, last week we covered our stocking stuffers, the things that we really liked but uh, maybe didn't sort of get to the tippy top of our uh, Christmas list. And uh, and then we talked about our gifts, the things we really loved uh, about 2022 uh, with films and books and, and uh, TV and things like that. And so uh, we're going to continue that a little bit, uh, this time talking about the lumps of coal uh, that we got that we would like to return, the things that were terrible uh, during 2022 in terms of entertainment. Um yeah, and so that's what we're going to do today is talk about the things we would like to return, but we're going to end on a hopeful note by looking at the things that we're excited for in 2023. And so we're glad you can join us. Mike, it's good to see you. And uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about the bummers of 2022, the the things we want to, you know, we want our time back. So... Well, you know, and it's not even that necessarily because, you know, you talk about, okay, the things that we're looking forward to in 2023. And I think that was the problem because I know at least the two things that are on my list were things that I was really, really hopeful for and that I was really had sky high expectation for. And, and so there's a part of me that wants to say it was just because my expectation wasn't met. Um, although, you know, now that, you know, there's some time separated from it that I don't think that that was necessarily the whole problem, but, uh, definitely for me, it was more so that the expectation wasn't met. So, um, clarification on my part, cause there was, there was probably stuff that I saw or experienced that was much worse than what's <laughs> on my list. But I was really excited for for these two projects in in particular, and they just really didn't connect for me. So, yeah, I'm going to start off with um, Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, and I know I'm always going MCU stuff, but I had such high hopes. I thought Thor: Ragnarok was such a departure from the previous Thor movies, and um, Taika Waititi's the, the way that he told the story and the way that the humor was uh, presented and the action was just, it was really mixed well and it was just such a fun ride. And so I was expecting more of the same. Plus, you know, my, my guardians of the galaxy were, were supposed to be in this movie. And so I was really hopeful and it, I left the theater feeling I don't even, I don't even know how to describe what I was feeling, but not satisfied, um, (laughs) disappointed, um, you know, and I went to see it with my son and it was like kind of his first really big MC MCU theater experience. And he loved it. He absolutely loved it. Um, and, and we, you know, we did a podcast on talking about the movie and kind of the thing that really resonated then and still sticks with me now is like, it felt like this was the second draft of the script that needed a couple more drafts. And, yeah. and I know they did a lot of ad lib, a lot of improv, a lot of the actors provided their own lines. And for me, it felt really obvious and um, it just, I don't know, the finished product just didn't work for me. 
Well, I think that 2022 as a whole was kind of a contrast problem uh, overall. Like, I think that there was a lot of, you know, and that's what happens when you have a lot of sequels and remakes for one thing. Um, but, you know, Thor Love and Thunder, if we didn't have the first three phases of MCU that went as well as they did, uh, constantly kind of hanging over phase four, right? I mean, and, and I get it, right? I mean, it's kind of hard to have this mountaintop experience of endgame and then release anything that feels like it comes even close. Um, but there was expectations for phase four, you know, like not so much even on my part that, you know, they're going to be able to top endgame. Never thought that for a second, but the quality had been consistent up until phase four. And then so contrasting, it really feels like coming into, um, you know, this year, there was a lot of expectation that really wasn't met. At least it wasn't met as well. But with Thor Love and Thunder, it was such a huge, like, it felt like the first genuine misfire of there. There was just a lot, a lot of problems um, with it. And as you said, we talked about it already. But the other contrast thing, I think, too, is, you know, I mentioned Top Gun Maverick in the previous episode, as well as Avatar Way of Water. Although that's a little later in the year to have affected things. But, you know, you see a movie like that in the theater and it's like, wow, that is a good movie that's why i go to the theater and so then like and it was one of i think it came out in may so it was one of the first summer movies and thor love and thunder was one of them we're going to talk about you're going to talk about the other one in a moment but you know thor love and thunder was when i saw after i saw top gun maverick and i felt like pretty much every movie that we went to as a family in the theater over the rest of the summer it was like that was not nearly as entertaining you know mm-hmm. i've sort of mm-hmm. seen what real entertainment looks like I've seen what a good seek. And the thing about Top Gun is it's as derivative as all get out. It is. It just is like they have, you know, they're playing football instead of volleyball in this one. Right. (laughs) And in most other movies, it would have fans just going, oh, come on. And yet in this one, it somehow it's just like sweet. They're playing shirtless beach sport, just like in the first one. You know, it's like the movie couldn't lose. And that contrast then when you see other movies that are like, taking tons and tons of goodwill and hope for a franchise and squandering it on terrible jokes, um, Easter eggs and references that don't work and inexplicable plot holes. It's really tough then to, you know, really enjoy yourself. And the fact that you spent money Mm -hmm. for the first time in a long time in a theater too, in a lot of circumstances, you know, people are just starting to go back this last summer after COVID and everything. The contrast of seeing some of those movies that were just like, you really, really want our money, obviously, but you're not very interested in giving us what we want, you know? So well, why that's don't my you do rant. A couple of your, yeah. Do, why don't you do a couple of your picks before I go into the next one? Because. Well, yeah. and, and so mine are, mine are kind of in that same regard. So the first one is, is book of Boba Fett, which I actually didn't mind book of Boba Fett all that much, but it needed a little more time in the oven. Um, It sort of feels like they ran out of stuff to say with Boba Fett of all, you know, everybody wants a Boba Fett series. Uh, The fact that they really worked to make him a good guy didn't sit well, particularly with me. He's supposed to be an anti-hero and I didn't really feel like they set him up as an anti-hero. They set him up as a flat out hero in that series. It also felt like partway through it's like, Oh no, we don't know what else to say. Bring in the Mandalorian, bring in the Mandalorian. People like him. He's good. You know, and I, it just, 
yeah, it could have been so much more. Plus, as a friend of mine is a little more uh, generally observant with some of the visual effects stuff, uh, like pointed out, there's a lot of really bad errors, probably because they were rushing it, probably because of delays with COVID and all that kind of stuff. It was I, but it wasn't, you know, it was really disappointing in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one that I would say that was like that was Lightyear was another one that just, you know, supposedly the movie that Andy saw in the theater when he was a kid and what, you know, what made him get into Buzz Lightyear in the first place and everything. But it was just boring and derivative. And it was for some ridiculous reason they didn't use Tim Allen as Lightyear. Um, like tons of the goodwill opportunities that they had in that were just squandered. You know, they they bring Zerg in. But then they completely change the Zerg storyline from what it is in the Toy Story films, which doesn't make any sense because of the toys that are supposed to be based on the movie. You know, stuff like that, that it doesn't, you know, visually, it was nice to look at. It was pleasant to look at for sure. But, you know, for Pixar, which used to be held to such a massively high standard and rightfully so, because their movies were all uh, cut above. um, Pixar is really starting to show some wear and tear in terms of what they're turning out. Um, And again, it's that contrast thing. You see what the quality that they could do before and somehow it just isn't there anymore um, Mm -hmm. in the same way. Um, I'm starting to wonder whether we're getting CGI fatigue too. I mean, CGI animated fatigue. It just seems like every other week there's a CGI film coming out and they're all of, you know, it, it, it right now it's everything rides on story. Because we've seen everything we can possibly see in terms of CGI, so now the really the the weight is on the storytelling and how it's told. So, all right, yeah. you get your chance to rant now. Okay, so, so we decided that we we're going to do a podcast on Jurassic <laughs> World Dominion uh, on yeah. the whole Jurassic franchise. Yes, and. Jurassic World Dominion just, it was forgettable. It was for a movie that had so many, you know, had big names, had dinosaurs, had Mm -hmm. the original characters in it, and it was forgettable. But Mike, the locusts, don't forget the locusts. You know, Please forget the locusts. The thing is, is that that was probably for me the most interesting part, but it wasn't. <laughs> but it wasn't the movie that I went to see, and no. they they didn't explore it enough to justify it. And then we had Tim Cook trying to destroy the world for some, for, you know, for capitalism reasons, and it was just <laughs> kind of a mess. And it was it, it was disappointing. Um, it, I, I don't know how you mess up a big budget dinosaur movie with so many stars, but um, they made it forgettable. That and the guy, what was the guy in the seg- Segway that got chomped by a T Rex or something? And just, so oh, in Italy remember. with the rampage. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even remember the, the bad things in it because it was just, it was just so forgettable. Um, I, yeah, well, and I mean, it, it, yeah, there's so many problems with it. It's it's actually kind of astonishing that it got released the way it did. I mean, they immediately released, uh, well, for one thing, it went 
to video even quicker than that has been happening lately. But uh, and they released an extended version, which to me, I feel like it's daring me, you know, we fixed it with the extended version. It's like I find that hard to believe, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> is there an additional entire film in there that I, you know, I'm going to see because I feel like I mean, when we were seeing it in the theater, I said to my wife, I said, I feel like we missed one somewhere like there, there needs to be another movie in between here somewhere that explains what all happened, because this is not, you know, and the. And the locust thing, which is infuriating to me, because, again, it's a dinosaur movie. Why do you need more? And why does it need to be global? Why couldn't it have just been in North America? Like, why do we have to? Yeah, I don't know. Why? Well, really, and the part that they skipped was probably the part that the movie should have been about was how the dinosaurs got all over the place and how people were yes. interacting with them, yeah. as opposed to, okay, no, they did. Trust us. And they got all over the world. Don't worry about it. Um, and <laughs> now let's focus on one little small part again. It's what and, happens when your subplot gets away from you, right? Like it's like, uh, you know, from a storytelling, like, you know, perspective. It's just like, <laughs> oh, Ooh, the extended edition, more stuff that I'm going to forget about. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and even the big dinosaur fight at the end was like, well, you know, who's going to win? I mean, well, win, right? I mean, yeah, you know, the fact that they were banking kind of on everybody roots for the T-Rex, so we can't let the T-Rex lose, you know? I mean, I just, yeah, that was, it was by far the biggest disappointment of the year, especially too, because it's supposed to be the end of a franchise, at least for now, right? Um, you know, well, it's basically, that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it's basically Jurassic Park 6, right? And it was supposed to be, mm -hmm. you know, bring back the old cast. You know, if they were ever to do it again, they'd probably reboot it, which uh, that's a series I could see being okay with as long as they took it in a different direction. Like do more like what Crichton's book was, which was a lot more like towards rated R, uh, more in like the scary vein, right? Because the first one was a lot more popcorny. So if they rebooted it as more of a scary type thing, that'd be great. But don't let Colin Trevorrow anywhere near it because, yeah. man, that guy was so he disappointed me so much because I like a lot of his other work, including the previous Jurassic World movies. But man, I just don't know what he was thinking there. OK, for me and I and I hadn't thought of it before now, he could have rescued the whole thing if in that final battle, the chaos theory guy got stepped yeah. on by the t-rex if malcolm <laughs> had gotten stepped on and killed by the t-rex while saving him that would have been enough for me you can't kill off jeff goldblum <laughs> but and then they could have had as a throwback to the original movie they could have had shown on the t-rex that ian malcolm's blood trickled down in different directions through his fingers that's morbid, but pretty funny. That would That's the kind of throwback I want to see in a movie. Oh. Is the guy that explained it, that it's his blood that, you know. Yeah, and then the sequel, then the sequel to the sequel to the sequel would be <laughs> that then they replicate that and they start cloning Jeff Goldblum's and then they overrun the earth of Jeff Goldblum's. Now, that would be a movie. <laughs> it's just two hours of people running around going, uh, uh, uh. And it, that's really the whole thing. But was there anything else this year that kind of ticked you off? And then we can move into our, our, our well, list for 2023. The year itself kind of ticked me off. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I ultimately had a pretty good 2022 uh, looking back on it. But a lot of that is because I was I, I mean, for one thing, I'm on long term disability, so I don't have to go out if I don't want to. But I really made an effort to look after my mental health. And that meant for me not interacting with people any more than I wanted to. Um, and I feel like I had a good year because of that. But I also mm. realize I'm in a place of luxury where not everybody was able to do that. Um, and then, you know, and towards the end of the year, I had really great interactions with friends, well, with you and and uh, in person when we were able to, you drove me to the class that I was teaching and stuff and was able to get home and see my family and things. But, you know, it just, I recognize that I'm probably one of the few that says, you know, it was a good year um, and was in a position to make it that way for myself. So, yeah. Yeah. I have that so effect on people. Yeah. <laughs> you make me glad to be alive. Yeah. Um, so looking then ahead into 2023, which is, I, I, you know, I've been looking forward to this cause it's nice to cast our gaze forward <laughs> <laughs> there's part of me that goes, it's nice to cast our case forward before we're disappointed. Um, and, and, uh, you know, before we can look back and go, Oh, I was so let down. Um, uh, you know, what are the things that we're looking forward to? Um, and so we're going to uh, kind of talk about that now. Uh, where do you want to start, Mike? What are you looking forward to most? Well, uh, so the, the, the creative in me wants to say, Oh, We'll start with the least and, you know, build up to the grand finale of, oh, this is the, but no, the thing that I'm most looking forward to, like hands down beyond a shadow of a doubt, although dreading it at the same time is Guardians of the Galaxy mm. 3, which is um, James Gunn, the director, writer has made it very clear that this is the last Guardians movie, um, you know, and he's moving on to, D to DC uh, to run DC but and that this will be the last iteration of these characters together and and i think dave bautista has made it clear that you know this is probably his last his last go around as drax and um you know and even just from the first trailer or teaser or whatever uh it looks like it's going to be emotionally wrenching um Mm -hmm. oh, I, just, I think so for sure so like i'm really looking forward to it really dreading it um yeah I, I, it's going to be and and i have enough faith in james gunn as a creator that um i don't expect this is going to be on my returns list for next year um <laughs> I, I sincerely hope not um but uh yeah guardians of the galaxy 3 um you know, like we, we talked, you know, well, in our uh, top, three, top 10 all-time movies, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorite movies of all time. And yep. I think that number three is going to be an incredible experience um, and not, nece not necessarily a, from a spectacle perspective, but from a, from a character story perspective. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really mm -hmm. looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to phase five overall. I mean, it, you know, like I'm mm -hmm. definitely looking forward to guardians of the galaxy three, but you know, Marvel has really stacked phase five with some of its heavy hitters. Right. I mean, both of the Ant-Man movies have been really well received and, you know, Ant-Man is being basically the anchor 
you know, for phase five, introducing Kang in full, you know, we've seen glimpses, we've seen hints, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then we've got guardians of the galaxy. I can't remember what other Marvel content's coming out this year. Um, but you know, there, we've got some pretty major, uh, films coming out, um, from Marvel this year that I think are going to be a little better in quality. I'm hoping, um, tonally, you know, Ant-Man has already, has really nailed the tone of the, the comedy mixed with serious and, and done so good. And so is guardians of the galaxy. So I'm really hoping that we get a better year for Marvel, um, that mm-hmm. way overall. So I am, I, you know, despite some misfires in season in season four, phase four, um, I'm, I'm hopeful, um, for, and, and maybe that's a good segue then too, talking about the other comic book universe, which is now officially called DCU, uh, very original, you know, we've got the MCU and the DCU. And the only difference is that the M stands for Marvel and the D stands for detective and uh, it, whether anybody knew that or not, that's what DC comics stands for is detective comics, comics. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, James Gunn has said that uh, early in the new year, so I'm guessing February-ish, we should get an outline of where uh, their plan is going. Um, the I can't remember the guy that he's working with, but you know, Gunn is the main creative presence, and he's writing Saffron. Yeah, and he's writing. Yeah, Gunn is writing the new Superman movie, uh, and he's supposed to be shooting for you know he's shooting for a, a younger Superman, which makes me think that I'm hoping what they want to do is more akin now to what they should have done, which is give it time to breathe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we had, we had Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark for, you know, 10 ish years and it worked, you know, the character had a chance to grow up and get older and do all that. You know, Henry Cavill is late thirties now. And so if they had him and brought him in, <laughs> he'd be almost 50 by the time he retired out of the character. Right. And so I kind of see, hope there that they are trying to have a universe that they can build and take some time with so that's what i'm taking out of that i'm morbidly curious as to whether the flash movie is actually going to see the light of day because i'm i don't even Mm -hmm. know at this point how much relevance it actually has um uh, you know that's what's interesting because they're 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 supposed to be another trailer during the super bowl um so like the biggest sporting event um, in the u.s and they're going to be promoting it and, that, and that's not cheap to, to get a no a and without knowing any of the content of the film it's really tough to know like i heard that they cut a bunch of cameos like there was a wonder woman yes, and a, superman you know, and a superman yeah. and a black adam cameo now i'm starting to wonder if it's just going to feel like sort of a the greatest hits of going back in time through the old dc movies you know um when it would not surprise me in the slightest if they replaced the Cavill Superman cameo with like a CGI Christopher Reeve cameo or something stupid like that. Um, and I do, would think that would be stupid. I would be horrified, mortified if they included him. Um, but, you know, okay. They put a lot of money into that movie in particularly in particular. There's a part of me that just wishes they'd release Batgirl and flash and like any stuff they had in the can, just release it. Let us just see it. And, you know, make whatever you're going to make off of it. Take it as another write-off and, you know, away you go. But, yeah, I'm excited for for DC's future. Its presence just seems a little bit screwed up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, but, and uh, if there was one creator, at least that I'm familiar with, that I would trust. It's that James mm-hmm. Gunn has a vision and that mm-hmm. it'll 
work out, but uh, yeah, cautiously optimistic, but we'll yeah. see. There's two um, coming properties that I think are pretty much. So I would say that there's a couple of surefire, like you're not going to be disappointed kind of ones for, for this year. Uh, first one is mission impossible seven. Um, Christopher McQuarrie is returning. Uh, he directed Mission Impossible 5 and Mission Impossible 6. He is also directing 7 and 8, which are being filmed back to back and are the sort mm-hmm. of the last hurrah for Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt. He's been playing the character since 1996. He's now 60 years old. Um, and I, I say that because there is a, a video released uh, two weeks ago of him doing a jump off of a cliff in Norway, riding a motorcycle and then base jumping off of the motorcycle and he's he did it six times because he'd been practicing he did ten thousand jumps with the motorcycle and like the guy's 60 years old and he's doing this stuff but this if anything has been shown to be true it's cruz's career has really taken off it doesn't matter what you think about him in real life it doesn't matter to me what he does with his real life anymore the man is a stunt legend at this point um and I, I really, I would be supremely shocked and supremely disappointed if Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning was bad. I don't see how that's humanly possible for it to be bad. Uh, another one that's maybe a little more on the risky side, maybe a little more on the risky side would be uh, Across the Spider-Verse, which is the second of the... Uh, so Across the Spider-Verse, you saw Enter the Spider-Verse, didn't you? The, the first yep, one, yep. Miles Morales. You know, fantastic animated film, great sense of style, actually felt like a genuine comic book. Um, Mm -hmm. It's Phil Lord and Christopher Miller who did the Lego movie, which against all odds was awesome. Um, And and they've done lots of other stuff. They originally were involved with Shrek, too, I believe. Um, Yeah. So what are your thoughts on the next Spider-Verse movie? What are you hoping for? I think I think it's interesting. I, I love the fact that they're taking all these different Spider-Man that we've seen through the different types of media from the comic book and animated and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and kind of drawing in these different versions of it to be able to get to experience that. But the fact that they're they're using the medium the medium to their advantage in telling a story, and you know they're not mm-hmm. just you know, they're not telling a story that happens to be animated. They're using the animated to tell a story that could only really be told through the animated medium. And they're using like, even the fact that like in the first one, they had different art styles for Mm -hmm. some of the different characters that were, were kind of were organic to the character itself. And, you know, to see that, that mix, that, uh, the mashup was, was it was good. It was, it, it told the story. It was part of the story and, and that yeah. was a good thing. Um, and so I'm hopeful that they're going to continue to do that with, uh, with the new movie. Um, they're going to continue to push those boundaries because, you know, the audience resonated with it. They, they responded to it. They, they loved it. And so kind of like, um, it was kind of, they took a chance in doing that first one and it worked. And so now I'm hoping that they continue to push that envelope, um, even to the point where, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if there is a live action Tom Holland cameo in it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that they can continue to push those bounds with it. So, 
So yeah. we'll see. I, I was actually really surprised. One of the things that it kind of made me like giggle was in the trailer, the newest trailer, just I think it just came out. But anyway, there's a, a, a focuses on Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099. And at the very end of the trailer, he says, all right, send me back to 67, which if you remember at the be- at the end of the credits, one of the credit scenes in uh, in Enter the Spider-Verse was Spider-Man 2099 doing the this pointing at Spider-Man meme that's gone around, right? Spider-Man oh, 2099 yeah. on one side. The, the, take me to 67. 67 is the cartoon series that was that little clip hmm. that at least appeared to be sort of a throwaway joke. But in the trailer, it actually means that that's part of the continuity of the actual show, which kind of blew my mind a little bit, but it's in the best way. Like, it totally made me laugh. Like, I explained to Cordelia, my daughter, why that was so funny. And she was like, holy cow, that's amazing, you know? So, um, yeah. And so then uh, moving on to uh, another franchise that's ending, I guess, this year, at least that's what they're saying uh, in its current form, is Indiana Jones. And are you an Indiana Jones fan? I'm, I mean, you must be. Everybody's an Indiana Jones well, fan. Well, yes. I, the Crystal Skull really pushed that. Um, <laughs> I never even, I didn't even finish it. It's one of the few movies that I, I just couldn't finish. Uh, um, but like, Indiana Jones Last Crusade was one of my favorite movies growing up. Like I really yeah. loved that movie. Um, I'm hoping that this might be more of a return to that feel. Yeah, absolutely. It. Yeah. It actually kind of dude's getting the, old though. <laughs> uh, he is. Um, there's a couple of things in the trailer that give me a lot of hope. I'm, I'm thinking the whole dial of destiny thing makes me a little cautious because I believe in the franchise's history. It's the first MacGuffin that doesn't actually exist in some, like at least in terms of legend, right? I mean, you had the Ark, with the you know the the Ark of the Covenant, which was based yeah. in historical fact. You had uh, the Shankara stones, also somewhat loosely based in historical fact. You had uh, the you know the uh, Holy Grail again, based in fact. You had uh, then the crystal skulls, which there are crystal carved crystal skulls and they're, they're interesting and all that kind of stuff, but we don't know what they're for or why they're for, why they are the way they are. Uh, so having a MacGuffin that's like completely made up is kind of interesting. Although it does look like it might be a bit of a greatest hits, uh, a, a mechanism by which we go back through Indy's life and, you know, see different aspects of, of maybe adventures that we've only ever heard about and things like that. So right. I'm hoping the MacGuffin or tool in this one is, is actually more of a means to c- sort of cram in a lot of interesting little adventure story bits, almost like an anthology as opposed to a true uh, movie, mm-hmm. right. It, but develops Indy as a person. That's my hope for it. Um, but yeah, so uh, are there any other movies coming out this year that you're stoked for? Um, not movies, not necessarily. Like, it was interesting because, like, yeah, I was looking at, okay, what's out there, what's coming. And um, I saw that oh, the first that I'd heard about looking like there's a movie adaptation of an Arthur C. Clarke book, Rendezvous with Rama, which, um, you know, hardcore science fiction which is about a giant cylindrical ship that they see off, you know, in the future coming towards earth and they go into it and it's like, it's immense. Like it's, I can't remember how big it was. And in it, there's like an entire 
ecosystem world inside this ship and they're ex- exploring a type of thing. Um, great. Like, and I, I love the book. And so apparently there's a movie that, of course, there wasn't a whole lot of detail on it. So I'm kind of skeptical if that'll be a 2023. Um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to maybe being a little bit more unaware of what's coming and allowing myself to be surprised. You know, you, you talked last episode where, you know, we're doing our, our album a day type of thing that people are welcome to, you know, check out our social media stuff and, and join where we're going to be listening to different albums and exploring uh, different eras of music and different types of music that uh, for me will be an education. And I'm kind of taking that approach with the movies of 2023 Mm. and maybe allowing myself, like I have limited time to experience stuff. And usually I, I spend a lot of my time, revisiting old favorites i'm leaning towards 2023 being kind of like the year of educating me um experiencing new things and maybe pushing myself kind of outside of my comfort zone and kind of seeing Mm -hmm. where that leads but um yeah but nothing specific movie wise jumps comes to mind Right. Um, I did notice that, like from a TV side, one of the things that you have on your list that uh, I'm intrigued with equal parts nostalgia, equal parts dread is uh, that 90s show. Uh, <laughs> you know, kind of the, the continuation of this, that 70s show. And, you know, with, with, with Kitty and Red Foreman. Um, characters that I loved uh, in the original and, you know, at least some cameos that is seen from original cast members, but with a whole new generation of kids where I kind of look at them and like, by the time that I came across that 70s show, most of those actors were big already um, Mm -hmm. by the time I saw them. And I, I look at this now and these just look like a bunch of, theater kids that they picked up to do a TV show with. <laughs> and uh, yeah. so I'm kind of, I'm really nervous about that, but red. Well, I mean, when, are, yeah, they're well, I mean, we were so. older than we were older than the kids on 70 show when it was on. Like, I mean, we were, we would have been like in our twenties and they were supposed to be teenagers. Right. I mean, I guess they're not that far behind us, but I think what's funny is I find myself watching the trailer and finding myself understanding and being in Red's corner a lot more than <laughs> than I used to be, right? And at the same time, those kids are now like those in terms of that '90s show. You know, if it starts in '90 or early '90s, then they are the age that we were when in the '90s. When the, you know, it's so that's kind of funny because I mean, you know, it, it, there's a lot of interesting prospects there i think my only disappointment mm-hmm. if anything is just that it's on netflix so it's probably only going to be 10 to 13 episode seasons um and mm-hmm. i i just i think i'm gonna blaze through it really fast and enjoy it and love it and and i'm really hoping it's good uh the other you thing know, i'm really are, hoping are they for dropping is that the it's, whole series are they dropping the whole series at once or are they I, netflix well netflix to... netflix always does that as far as i know yeah. they don't tend to do weekly unless they have broadcast uh agreements so as far as i know it'll be the whole season in one go um 
And oddly enough, though, I went looking for 70s show on Netflix, like 70s show on Netflix, because I wanted to watch it with my daughter. And it doesn't seem to be there. So I don't know what happened there. Um, well, that's interesting. Hopefully they bring it back. I went to look for Knives Out because Glass Onion was out and Knives Out isn't on there. It's so weird. Very <laughs> that's odd. a Netflix original. It's like you would think that yeah. you would have it there because people will say, oh, maybe I want to see Glass Onion. So I'll go see the original. And no. That's what they've done with their previous properties. Um, And then, so, and just a a brief, we should wrap this up here, but I am looking forward to Witcher season three. Um, I, well, and you know this, Mike, that I'm not really a fantasy guy. Um, You know, I'm not, I I like science fiction. So fantasy really isn't my thing. And yet for some reason, Witcher managed to grab my attention and keep my attention um, throughout its first two seasons. Jury's still out on whether I'll watch past season three after Henry Cavill leaves. Um, just because well, I'm assume, not, I assume the series was done with him leaving. No, they actually recast Liam Hemsworth as Geralt, which it's been a while mm. since I've seen Liam Hemsworth. I have a little, a bit of a hard time picturing him filling, literally filling the shoes of Henry Cavill. Like Henry Cavill's an enormous guy. Like he's big. Um, he's not only jacked, he's like six foot five or six foot six. And like, you know, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but I really like the first two seasons. I like the storylines. I like the storytelling. I like the fact that it's kind of, it's got a very uh, dark sense of humor, but it does have a sense of humor uh, in a way that I really, really like. The monster designs are really cool and intriguing, and there's a mythology there that I really dig. So I'm looking forward to it. Like, it wasn't something that I was really into like a year ago, but I heard so many people recommend it. And I was like, well, I do like, you know, I like Cavill as an actor. Mm. I think he's a decent actor. So you know, I'll give it a, I'll give it a look, you know? And I was like, huh, this is actually pretty cool. Like, yeah. And it's got a very, like a sort of a vast universe and storyline to work with. So that's really awesome. But, uh, well, I, I, how about I let you have last word on what you're really, although I am really looking forward to this myself as well, but it was originally based on your recommendation that I watched it. So why don't you, uh, regale us with your your final entry there okay it's like what i thought i did everything okay no uh (laughs) so i'm assuming i don't know i have not been able to find a release date on this yet um but ted lasso season three which i believe is going to be the wrap-up to the series um ted lasso has been a revelation in storytelling um season one came out when the world really needed somebody who saw the the good in everything um and the character who's who's been through through the ringer but still chooses to see the good even though it the world is chewing him up and yeah um it's it's funny there's so many great performances in it so many great actors um actors that you know I'm assuming had careers before Ted Lasso came along, but Ted Lasso mm-hmm. has kind of brought them to the rest of us. And um, I, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do with the final season, how they're going to wrap up the story. And it's just, I, I, I just, I hope that they really keep to the central premise of, of who he is and that, you know, that his character arc is about well it it really it's been about 
him bringing hope to the people around him and right. that they continue to do that even as he goes through different things and experiences different things that he can come out it come out of it you know like a, a deeper richer person but still hopeful because it just yeah i need that and i think the world yeah. needs that particularly in our media um yeah I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm so excited for it. I mean, well, Hannah Waddingham, for one thing, is my current age appropriate crush. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it, but, um, I, I just, yeah, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's such a, yeah, it's a show that you don't see very, I love the fact like Bill Lawrence is a, a creator I've liked for a very long time because his themes are that way. I mean, he did, you know, uh, spin city, he did scrubs, he did uh, a few canceled ones. He did Cougar Town. Um, you know, mm. all of those are, you know, a little more broad in the comedy department, but still really good. And he's actually got a new series come out called coming out called Shrunk with uh, Jason Siegel, I believe, is in the lead for it. Um, so oh. for Apple TV as well. Mm. So, um, yeah. And from what I'm reading, Ted Lasso is supposed to come out probably March, but that's speculative at this point. I did, though, see uh, an Apple TV 2023 uh trailer like a you know mm -hmm. like a sizzle reel and ted lasso yeah. was definitely there so it will for sure be 2023 it's been rap filming for a long time so i'd be surprised if it wasn't first quarter um and and it could be too that they're trying to position it for the emmys and i don't know when emmys are but usually spring is is award season so we can uh see what we find out there but yeah well that's it's nice to end on a hopeful note end the episode on a hopeful note and uh Look forward to 2023. We hope that this uh, year finds you well and that uh, you're as excited about the future, not just in film and television and books and all that, but that uh, you look forward to some changes in life that are going to lift you up and bring you encouragement this year. So from uh, Mike and Andrew, thanks for joining us. Feel free to like and subscribe as you see fit and uh, let us know what you're looking forward to in 2023. If you're interested, we've just started doing an album a day over on Instagram and TikTok. So you can look up Outer Twilight there. Uh, Mike and I are going to be listening to a new album every Monday to Friday. Um, and we'll be posting what those albums are so you can listen along. If you have suggestions, you can let us know. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Take care.